It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, welcome, and I do hope you enjoyed, all of you enjoyed your Christmas. Far too much food, far too much drink, probably, but that's the way Christmas is. Most of you are enjoying a break at this time of the year. We're not. We're here with a festive football show on Belfast Live. Once again, Glentorn legend Paul Lehman is here. Good Christmas, Lieber. Super, Jackie. Super, with the children and all. <laughs> and our special guest today, with Coleraine flying high at the top of the table, is former international winger Josh Carson. Josh, welcome. Thank you, Jackie. And uh, Coleraine, at Christmas, top of the table, the league leaders, it has a nice ring to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. Definitely, you know, uh, if you start the season, if you asked us, you know, would we want to be at the top of the tree come the, the end, we'd say yes, but at the minute everything's going well, you know, we're winning games and we're picking up points and uh, we've got our two crucial games coming up, which is going to, you know, dictate where it goes over the, the period. Yeah, it's a big week for you, isn't it? There was the derby, which sadly for you, you dropped two points, 1-1 one, one against Ballymena. Saturday coming, you have Cliffville away and then on uh, the new year, you are at home to Linfield. It's a big, big week, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. You know, we, we weren't ourselves against Ballymena. No, you know, on the Boxing Day, we were, we were poor, we were second best. You're poor, but the, the pitch didn't help them. No, of course, of course, that was a that was a big factor in the game for both teams. But you know, they seemed to handle it better than than we did. And uh, we're going now to the Cliftonville on Saturday on a 3G pitch. So hopefully that'll benefit us and. Hopefully we can get playing football again. Remember the start of the season, they started so well and I think we were two of the guys who, can they keep it going, can they keep it going? So far they can. Yeah, they can, Jackie, and they, they, they've got such good quality in their squad and I think people question the, the strength and depth of the squad and they've had a few key injuries but they've managed to get through those key injuries and they've kept winning and kept picking up points. Now they're starting to get players back. You know, Owen Bradley was back again on, on Boxing Day. They've got Stephen Dooley coming in in the, in the new year, and all of a sudden their squad. Lyndon Keynes almost right. Yeah, he's come on his way back as well. So all of a sudden their squad's starting to look really strong again. Um, so they've managed to keep it going up to now, but I think it's a critical period coming up now. They've got two tough games coming up. Um, the pitches are getting heavier. You know, the Crusaders are, have got real momentum and are really pushing them all the way now. So. The next two games are key for Korean, but they've certainly answered all the questions up to date this season. They've been fantastic. You're a man who's won five league <coughs> titles, four with Glentorn, one with Crusaders. Is it easy to cope with the pressure? Yeah, the, I mean, there's always pressure, but I think as a younger player, you didn't sort of take it on board as much. You just enjoy being involved in every game, and Korean have got a, young, a lot of young players. But I think when it gets to the, the critical stage of the season, maybe if Crusaders are really on their tails and there's big games at the end of the season where they've got to win. That's when they really feel the pressure. I think at this moment in time, they've just got to take every game as it comes. That, that would be the message from, from Warren Kearney. But there should be real belief now in the Coleraine squad because they've got this far. You know, Everyone's been asking questions of them. 
they've got this far, they're top of the table, you know, in, going into the new year, and there should be real belief within that squad now, and they've got players coming back, new players coming in, and they're the team to beat. But certainly there will be stages of the season where there will be major pressure on them, and it's how they deal with that could, could be a deciding factor. It's all to come, all to come. <laughs> Big smile from you. Headline grabbers of the Christmas period, Glentoran 2, Linfield 1. Yeah, massive win for the Glens, Jackie. Big boost for the for the club. They've been on a terrible run. Mm. You know, everybody knows it. it hasn't been good enough from Glentoran. And I don't think anyone expected them to win the, the game against Linfield going into the Boxing Day fixture because the record against Linfield has been really poor over the last few years. The Boxing Day record in general is poor, certainly at the Oval. I think I only played in one victory in all my years at Glentoran, one victory at the Oval. So it tells you how good Linfield have been at the Oval in those Boxing Day fixtures. So for Glentoran to get that win, it's a huge boost for the club. It's one that they needed. You know, the players showed real commitment, real desire, great <coughs> effort on the day. And, you know, maybe just, I don't know if they, they deserved the victory. Linfield will think they deserved it. I thought overall a draw might have been a fair result. But Glentoran got that late victory and it's a massive boost for them. But what they've got to do now is they've got to follow that up by trying to win these next few games. They've got Dungannon away, they've got Warren Point, they've got Ballon and Mallard. Yeah. Their games at Glentoran. They've got to raise themselves up again. Easy to get up for Linfield yep. for the yep. derby. So there's no point in going and beating Linfield on Boxing Day and then following up with bad performances and results against the, the lesser teams. These are games that they've now got to go and try and win and elevate themselves up the table again. That result for Linfield, uh, that David Healy to say, oh, we're out of it now. There's no way back. How do you see that? No, I think it's early still. You know, uh, if you look last year and what the crew's done, you know, they were 10 points clear and uh, Linfield managed to come back and steal the title, so it's it's not over by a long shot. Um, for him to come out and say that's, you know, it's a bit crazy really at this stage. That is mind games. Right, we have uh, two games to look back to over the uh, Christmas weekend, so uh, we'll start with uh, Rain. Away, you beat Warren Point and then dropped the two points at home to Balamina. Four points out of six, but should have been six out of six in your terms. Yes, personally, I'd, I'd like six out of six, but it just wasn't to be on the day. And, you know, a point's still a point, still a good result. Mm. And uh, we just have to pick ourselves up and bust ourselves down and go again. Uh, let me see. Three teams uh, got six points. Crusaders, Palomino 2-1 at home. Cliffville, 2-0 at home. They're a good run. They're on beating in 16 or something. They're going really well. Jackie and, and Gavin White have got the outstanding player in the league so far for me. And he's, he's, he's really emerging, isn't he? He's, you know, I, I can't believe he's still playing here, the kid. You know, he's, he's had a fantastic season. I'll be really surprised if he's still here at the end of the season. But for now, Crusaders are glad he's still here. He's amongst the goals and he's playing really, really well. And, you know, they, they picked up six points there. I think the Balamina game was a tough game for... Crusaders. It was. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough game. Balamina really put it up to them, and it was a tougher fixture. And I think uh, in the Boxing Day game against Cliftonville, Crusaders were were the better team and, and were worthy victors. Glenavon, three 0 over Dungannon, one 0 at home to Warren Point. They're quietly going about their business. Yeah, no one's really mentioning Glenavon at this moment. They're under the radar. They are. They're under they? the radar. Everyone's talking about Coleraine and Crusaders, and rightly so because they've been brilliant. But Glenavon themselves have. You know, they lost to Crusaders a couple of weeks ago and they've picked up a game with two, two victories again and they're, 
they're just uh, in behind there and they'll be happy with what they're doing at this moment in time. That's and yet that little bit of consistency, they lost uh, recently two home games, 4-3 yeah. Crusaders, 1-0 Linfield. Yep. That's not in the script if you're trying to win the title. It's not, but they're still up there in a good position and they've got good players, they've got a great strike force, they're really formidable going forward and they'll fancy themselves against anybody and in the last two wins will, will really uh, boost them and they'll think they can beat anybody. And your big mate, Colin Nixon, manager of Ards, back-to-back victories, six points. They've had a great period over the last couple of weeks and, you know, six points and they play uh, one point this Saturday and that's another game Nicky will be looking to for his team to go and win and all of a sudden they've now given themselves a little bit of breathing space from the bottom teams and they've probably got one eye on Dungannon now above them and that's what Nicky will be saying to his players, let's see if we can catch Dungannon. So they've had a great period of results and, and I'm delighted for Colin because I know how hard he works. Yeah, and uh, you're Glen Torren, they got the four points, we've already talked about that, beating Linfield, but then before that they drew 1-1 at home to Carrick and yeah. that's their Achilles heel, that's isn't it? That's the thing with Glen Torren, as I said before, they've a great result against Linfield and great spirit shown on the day, but it's those lesser games where they're expected to win, where they've let themselves down and Hopefully that result win against Linfield can give them a bit more belief and a bit more confidence to go and win those games. And Linfield, one win, one defeat. Oh dear. Yeah, I was at the, the Cliftonville game, Jackie, and it wasn't a great game of football. Um, Linfield just did enough to win it on the day. They were really solid in defence, I thought. Cliftonville were poor on the day, but it was a really good win for Linfield. And they will have been going into the Boxing Day game full of confidence, having beat Cliftonville. But again, they've let themselves down uh, in the Boxing Day uh, fixture. It's 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 one that they're they've been used to winning, and David Healy, as as Josh said, he he, he said that Linfield are out of the title race, but I still wouldn't rule them out. There's still such a long way to go. They've got a couple of games in hand. Oh, so they're 15 points behind Coleraine. Yeah, they've a couple of games it, in it's hand. It's a long way back, though. It is a long way back, but there's still a long way to go, and I still think there'll be twists and turns. But the big thing for Linfield is that they're not playing well enough. They need to find a formula that's going to work for them quickly if they are going to get on a run to try and catch Coleraine and Crusaders. Yeah, it's been a strange season for them. Dungannon, three points, one win, uh, one defeat. A bit better from the Swifts. A little bit better, but they haven't been on a great run and I think scoring goals has been their, their problem, Jackie. We all say you know they play nice football to a point, but they don't seem to have that cutting edge. They're really missing Andy Mitchell's goals from, from last year and they've never replaced that. And I think for that reason they're they're going to be about that eighth ninth position for the for the whole season. Poor return for Ballymena United, one point, but there were two tough games away to Crusaders and away to Coleraine where they got the draw. Yeah, tough run of fixtures for them, and, and they've got obviously they've slipped out of the top six as well. They have, and they play Glenavon this week, so tough fixtures. But the, the thing that David Jeffrey will be pleased about is that they're really competing now against those top teams. They weren't doing that earlier in the season. You know, they had a close call with Crusaders at Seaview. And they have obviously got a point off Coleraine, the league leader. So David will find encouragement from that, that his team have sort of reached the next little level. They're now competing against the top sides. They've a tough game against Glenavon. I think historically that's a really high-scoring game. That's right. Glenavon have beaten United twice this year. 6-1 yeah. at the Ballymena Showgrounds yeah. and 4-0 at Bourneview. So they'll, that's another test for them. They, David will be wanting to go into that saying, you know, we've let ourselves down in these previous fixtures. Let's see if we can get something against Glenavon. And Carrick Rangers, they got the, the one point, but uh, every point's necessary where they are. They're fighting for their lives now, with along with, with Ballon and Mallard, and they, they play each other this week, so that's a, a six-pointer, and that's one that Carrick will be looking to... They must get three points there. They have to. Three teams didn't pick up any points, and surprisingly, one of those 
Was Clifton though? Yeah, and they've been on a great run. I think it was 11 wins from 12 league games, and was, people were yeah. starting to say Cliftonville got a little chance here. All of a sudden, they've lost to Linfield, they've lost the Crusaders, and they've played really poorly in those two games. And Barry Grace came out and criticised the players. So all of a sudden, from being on that high, they're they're back to the drawing board, and they've got a tough fixture against uh, Coleraine again this week. So, mm. but I did say a couple of weeks ago, the next four games are going to be a real test as to where Cliftonville are. So far, they've let themselves down in that test, and they need to bounce back quickly. Yeah, it's good news for you, surely, as a player at, at the leaders of hearing about Linfield's upset in that game against the Glens, and of Cliftonville not picking up any points over Christmas. That keeps them back a bit from you, doesn't it? That's it, definitely. You know, it, it stands us in good stead. You know, when we see teams, you know, sort of sort of getting knocked back and us gaining points on them, which is brilliant. Yeah. But um, still a long way to go and we still have to go and play these teams you know we'll have to go up against the uh, Cliftonville and Linfield and then we'll have Glenavon and uh, Crusaders here in January so teams will be looking at that and hoping that you know we drop points so they can gain a bit of ground on us and, and try and close the gap mm. it's a big Christmas period a big January for Coleraine mm -hmm. uh, one point Balna-Mallard nil poix both of them Yes, I mean, Warren Point had a few good results there a few weeks back. They got the three-all draw at Linfield, which was I thought would have given them a little bit of, of a boost and a little bit of confidence, but they haven't been able to follow that up with, with any points. And Balna Mallard, again, they're, they're really struggling. They probably can't wait this year's over to hope for better luck in 2018. Yeah, it's not looking good. It's not. Uh, right, let's take a look at the uh, Danske Bank Premiership table. There we are, four points clear at the top, Coleraine on 55, Crusaders 51, they have a game in hand. Then we go back six points to third place, Glenavon on 45, a further five points behind come Linfield and Cliftonville, both on 40, and then there's an 11-point gap to Glentoran, who are back into the top six on 29 points. Down at the bottom six, United, who have been uh, disposed taken out of the top six by Glen Torren. They're on 28 points. Dungannon 24. Ards on 20. Well held by those back-to-back -back Christmas victories. And then Warren Point on 13. Carrick 10 and Balna Mallard 5. Josh, this bit's all about you. <laughs> Where's that spotlight there? <laughs> Tell me this. You joined Coleraine. It's your first season. And you joined at an exciting time. Yes, definitely. Uh, when I first joined the club, I, I didn't think it was going to be this good, you know, six months down the line. But um, I'm glad uh, I did. You know, I'm enjoying my football. And hopefully you can see that by the, the smile on my face every time I go out on the football pitch. Uh, everything's just going in sync at the minute. Yeah, you've settled in well, haven't you? Yeah. But you're getting game time, which is important. Yeah, that's the main thing. That's all I was looking, you know. Uh, I need to be playing games on a, a regular basis. And uh, I'm just, you know, lucky at this minute in time that I'm scoring goals and yeah, you've got winning six so games. far for the season. How did uh, Oren sell the club to you? Uh, he just told me about the players and about the staff and how he was, he was looking at this season. And I'd looked at Corey in last season and they finished third. And he just says we're going to outdo that this season, no if buts or maybes. And uh, he just said he wanted to bring in fresh faces and, and freshen it all up. He said because we've got you know quality players there, 
players that are capable of, of doing big things. And uh, I think this is the sort of cream on it now. You know, we're starting to see the, the other side of it and good football and, and winning games. And it's just fortunate enough for me that I came at a, a mm. great period. <laughs> you know, I just sort of fit it in, not too bad. This young man who played international football mm. at every level from under 15, mm. under 16. Yeah. Right through under 21s, four caps for the senior team, played in England at Ipswich and at York. So it's a good capture for Oran at a good time. It is, and I'm, I was actually really surprised when Linfield, he left Linfield. You know, a young, young player coming back from England, obviously, great player to play in England, play 50 games for Ipswich. you got to be doing something right. So you do your research at times. <laughs> you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, I, I saw Josh a few times for Linfield last season. I was impressed, you know, by, by his performance and the performances in the game, and I was so surprised. But he probably didn't get enough football at Linfield. There's a bigger squad up there, and for whatever reason, didn't play enough. I thought it was a great signing when Orrin Kearney took him on board, and it's proved to be the case. He's played in wide positions. He's played in centre midfield. I've also seen him, and you know, looks a really good capture for them. And you know, as he, as Josh said, he, he, that's how he sold it, bringing in fresh faces. And you know, he's got that game time in the 90s. And I'm sure the most important thing we spoke about Sam Sammy King in a few weeks ago on the show is, is playing week in week out and enjoying your football. And I'm sure Josh is doing that. Sammy's going a dinger. Got a couple of goals over the Christmas period as well. Uh, David Healy brought you back. Obviously, it was difficult for you leaving full-time football to come back. And yet, you only stayed a year. Not many people only stay a year at Linfield. So why did you leave? Um, I left at a at a, a crazy time. People would say, you know, the the one three trophies, and then mm. I I walk out you the door sort of thing, you know. But <laughs> no, it was a it was a crazy transition for me because they'd offered me a year to stay, but I hadn't been playing as much football as I would have liked. So I sort of bit the bullet and decided that you know my time was up and I had to move on to try and play and, and get my face in the shop window again mm. uh, to get people talking about me because I think in football last year I was sort of a forgotten man you know I came back and sort of got lost in it yeah you know I'd, I'd only play that's right if you're not playing people can think where's Carson or mm. maybe they don't even remember that's it I'd only maybe started four or five games you know I was coming off the bench Ten times in a year, and last five minutes, last ten minutes, and I just wanted regular football to be starting, and and thankfully, won't give that to me. Yeah, you're an Antrim boy. <coughs> Pardon me. Looking back, uh, you left for Ipswich at 16. How did that all come about? Oh, it was it was crazy. It was uh, it was a, a hard period for me because uh, I was a homeboy, didn't want to leave home. And then I started going on trials with, you know, football teams across the water, and I loved Ipswich, and uh, there was nowhere else I was going to go. It's in the country Ipswich. as well. <laughs> East, yeah. East Anglia, isn't it? Lovely part of the country, yeah. And I, I enjoyed it so much, and I went over there, and, and I ended up staying for five years. Yeah. How difficult was it settling in as a 16-year-old? I think poor people forget that we all dream as young footballers. I'd love to get to England, but you have to leave. Mommy and Daddy and home, That's and it. somebody to wash your clothes and feed you. <laughs> it's not the same, now. you just don't throw the clothes about, <laughs> you know. But uh, no, it was it was hard. The first six weeks was the hardest, you know, sort of adapting to a new house and yeah. a new sort of mum and dad, and yes, you know, trying to get your head around it and stuff. And 
But no, it was it was it was straightforward after the six weeks. You sort of get over that initial homesickness, and uh, you just start to enjoy playing your football. You're going in at nine o'clock in the morning. You're not leaving the the five that night. So it's a it's a real full time and real gr- grueling as well on you because you're you're only used to training, you know, two times a week, mm. and playing your game the Saturday where now you're full time hours and you're in five days a week and you're in the occasional Sunday with your match on the Saturday. So it's it's a lot to take on board, but I enjoyed it. Uh, would never change of course, it. Yeah. That was always the dream, I'm sure. Of course, yeah. As a young boy, you know that's what you always aspire to be and. Lucky enough, I got an, uh, an opportunity. So, to do where it. did Ipswich see the, the young Carson? Where did they spot you? They, they seen me, first of all, at <coughs> St Andrews Boys Club. And then I went to Green Island and played for them for a year. And and uh, that's where I you know, started going over the trials and stuff. And uh, that's when they got me and, and signed me up. and and got me sorted out. Who was the manager at that time when you went over there? When I first went over, it was Jim Magelton. Oh. <laughs> Did he give you any games in the first team? No. I was, I was only a young boy. Well done, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I was only a young boy at that stage, so yeah, he, he probably wasn't willing to, you know, sort of put a 16-year-old in at that stage. But uh, over the years, who then came in next? Uh, in next was Roy Keane. All right, that, that could be interesting. <laughs> I was a character, and uh, and then I had Paul Jewell. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Mick McCarthy now, he's he's still at the football club. Mm. And who gave you your debut? Paul Jewell. Paul Jewell, that's that's nice. How exciting a day was that? Yeah, I was I was straight on the phone to mum and dad, and, and letting everyone know that I was I was travelling with a team, and it was it was brilliant, and uh, I got my start. Played all right. <laughs> I was in the next game, but the sort of nerves got the better of me, and played against Burnley then the, the <coughs> second game. And unfortunately for me, the third game had scored two goals, so everything seemed to, to sort of just fall in place at that time. A good period. So you were in the up and up, and the international honours started to come, and uh, four caps for the senior side. Four what caps. are your, your memories of those? Oh, brilliant! I enjoyed every minute of it. It was uh, Nigel Warrington who who rung me to, to come up and join the squad. And it was, um, the first one was against the Republic of Ireland. We got hammered 5-0, but still a, a great occasion for me. Yeah, of course. What age were you at that time? 17. <sighs> be nice to do that at 17. <laughs> what happened to us? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, four years and you played a lot of games, uh, but McCarthy had come in and maybe didn't fancy you that <laughs> just, much. I just wasn't for him at, at that stage. But you know, managers have different ethoses and and different ways ways of playing, and I just didn't suit that. And he asked nicely to <laughs> try and find a new club. <laughs> <laughs> if there is a nice way of doing it. <laughs> and then you had three years at York City, which I believe I've never been there. Is a lovely place. That's very nice place. Uh, lovely, proper tourist attraction and. You know, there's a lot of people about, and it's a great city. Yeah. What was the football like, or the football club? The football club was brilliant. I enjoyed it. Uh, I played a lot of games there as well. But uh, unfortunately, in one of the years, I, I done my cruciate. Oh. So I was out for nine months, which was hard to take. Yes. But uh, I came over that and, and started playing again, and and uh, Jackie McNamara came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, just same again, didn't 
like me or, or want me part of it, so I had to jump ship up somewhere else. And making that decision to come home to part-time football, how difficult was that? Because you must be wondering what might have been. That was the, the hardest decision for me, to come home to, to play part-time football. You know, it was it was hard for me because I was used to doing five days a week and, you know, proper training and I was training during the days and yeah. now obviously it's it's changed now to where I'm, I'm training at night and it was hard to adapt to that. It's not know. easy to adapt. And yeah. then getting a job, the first time I've had a job in, <laughs> in a lot of years. <laughs> so it was it was strange as well but no, I'm, I'm getting on to it now and, and everything seems to be going well and it's just all falling into place for me. We should give your job a plug because you're working with a famous name in a gym in the Donati Hotel, Andy Ward, former Ulster legend. How's that going? Brilliant. I'm enjoying every minute of it down there. You know, he's a character and he's a great man and he knows what he's at in the, the fitness industry. So it's, uh, it's doing well for me and when I need a few hours off, he comes in and helps me out. So he's, he's not too bad at that. I'll not be allowed to ask you this. I'm sure Oren Kearney has said if I asked you anything about the league, because he's keeping a lid on it. Uh, but you're there or thereabouts, aren't you? Definitely, definitely. Um, if we can, if we can keep that top spot, uh, you know, in the next couple couple of months, you you never know what can happen. Oren keeps saying we don't talk about the title or winning the title. I've banned talking the title, but that's difficult, isn't it? It is difficult because they're getting a lot of plaudits, Jackie. They're the team that everybody's trying to catch and trying to beat. So there's pressure on every week. But at the same time, there's got to be a real belief within that changing room. You know, behind closed doors, it, lads, we can win this. But take every game as it comes. So it's a difficult one for the manager. Yes, you're trying to play it down. But behind closed doors, by all means, there's got to be a real confidence and a real belief that you can win the title. Because if you don't believe you can win it, you won't win it. You know, so... You know, he'll he'll be sending home that message. You know, you've got to believe, you've got to perform in every game, but just keep your feet in the ground. And he's right to do that. All managers do that, yes. certainly at this stage of the season. But Coleraine haven't really been there before, so it's new territory for them. So you can see why Orange's playing it down. But certainly, up to date, they're worthy. You know, league leaders have been brilliant, and it's been great for the league as well. Yeah, how uh, how good is Oren in the dressing room at right. this time? It's fantastic, fantastic, especially at this last period. You know. He uh, he always just says this, just go out and give a hundred percent, and gets us riled up. And every game's the same, you know. You're you're sort of going out bouncing off walls after his team talks. He's he's been fantastic, and he he's a brilliant man to man manager. You know, he he's always talking to all the lads and making sure everyone's a hundred percent. And I've just loved my time there at the minute. It's everything's going. I must so say, well. and I've seen quite a few Coleraine's matches this season, and I'm around the dressing room and all that. And I get the impression there's a great togetherness, there's a great uh, team spirit. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen by accident. Somebody's wedging that yeah. all together. Of course, and, and he's a he's a main man for it. You know, he's he's brought in, you know, myself, Stevie O'Donnell, Joe McCready, and everyone's just sort of come in and, and just knit it together and yeah. Uh, it's it's good crack coming to training, you know, we all enjoy it. Well, Stephen we Douglas is there, so it would be good. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> I when 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 Dougie's not in the it's always great crack, now, So, but then we've also got Winky as well, you know, and and he's Winky, I lift you. <laughs> Definitely. 
that's uh, Mr. Uh, William Murphy. <laughs> I think that's important, Jackie, to see that the team spirit. I always remember in any of the teams that I won the league with, there was a really, really, really good team spirit, a real togetherness, a real bond. And I think that carried us through those difficult periods and, you know, everybody was together and, and that's important. And you can really see that from, from the Coleraine side this, this year as well. My memories in the deep and distant past of winning the League of Crusaders, you get to a stage where you go out every game expecting to win yeah, there's, there's because you're playing and you have that belief and that confidence. And that must be the same in your place. Definitely, definitely. There's no game uh, we're looking at or, or coming into thinking we can't win. Uh, we just take every game as it comes, but the games we are playing in, we 100% believe we can we can win every game, and uh, I think that's been instilled in us by Owen and, and by William, and uh, I think it's been brilliant. And um, like we're looking into obviously this month and next month, and and just taking the games as they come and and trying to hopefully tick them off. Come the end of January, that'll tell us. Something, exactly. something else. So yep. you have a good thank you new year, and it's good to see you back. Really appreciate you're it. You're doing well. Thank you. Do we finish them? <laughs> I think people keep thinking about Crusaders. Yeah. And they say, well, they've been there, they've done that, they won back-to-back -back titles, they know how to do it. Coleraine haven't. They've only won one title in 1974. So there's always that big question mark against Coleraine. But they're proving a lot of people wrong. They are, and they're there on merit, Jackie. And the thing about Crusaders, is there's a real hunger in Crusaders because of what happened last season that I think is really driving them on. And, you know, they're, they're in great form at this moment in time. But I think the head-to-head -head games are going to be really key when, you know, when they play Crusaders, when Crusaders play, you know, the Linfields, the Cliftonvilles, when all the top teams are playing, those games become really, really important. I don't see... Korean Crusaders losing too many points against the bottom sides, mm. so I think those games against each other are really going to be key um, to where the title goes. But certainly as they were last season, they were. Crusaders, I mean, Crusaders didn't beat Linfield once last season, oh. and they lost the league by what two points. So yeah. it shows you how important those games can be, and they're going to be key come the, you know, the, the money end of the season. Let's let's say, but certainly to date, Korean have been excellent, and you know everyone's still asking questions even at this period, but they keep answering them. So fair mm. play to them. <laughs> right, okay, let's look at uh, Saturday, the 30th, just going into the new year. Uh, Carrick Rangers, Balna Mallard, Carrick 11 to 10 there, Balna Mallard 15 to 8. I'm going to take Carrick as one of my double this week, okay? It's a six pointer, Jackie. I think Balna Mallard will be looking at that game, and you know, Gavin Dix has got to have his players up for that game. Yeah. There's, they're five points All off. of averages, they have to do something. They have to, they? and they're five points off. If they win that game, it, you know, it gives them the claw a little bit of something back on Carrick. Otherwise, if they lose it and Carrick win that game, Ballard and Mallard, I think, are really out of it then. So it's a big motivation for them this week to go and try and get something to Carrick, and I think that'll be a close game. I think yeah. it's a close one. Cliffville at home to Coleraine. Cliffville 7-4. to Coleraine 23-20. to And I'm going to go for Coleraine. I Not because of Josh, but I think they're, they'll bounce back from that draw against Ballymena. I, I think I'll agree with you on that one, Jackie. I've seen Cliftonville against Linfield, and I thought they were poor in the day. By all accounts, they were poor in Boxing Day as well. Barry Gray will be looking for a response from them. It won't be an easy game for Coleraine. 
but I think cool rain going on that <coughs> surface, um, I think it might might help them this and to play the type of football they like to play. And they've won their previously this season. They beat Cliftonville twice already, and I, mm. I just I just favour cool rain on that one. Yeah, big match at Windsor Linfield thirteen to eight at home. Crusaders a good price for them at five to four. Hard it's one to call, but that's a good price for the Crews. It's a tough one to call, and Crusaders have had the upper hand against Linfield this season, and they're flying high, and they'll be going there full of confidence. Their favourites were the bookies. Linfield, on the other hand, I think Linfield need to win now. David Healy's saying they're out of it. I think if they lose this game, they would be out of it, which makes it an even bigger game. But I'd have to go for Crusaders in current form. They're just they're playing so well, and they've got Coates and Heatley, mm. who didn't play on Boxing Day. They're both back for this game. Yeah. Ballymena United at home, 13-5. to Glenavon at the showgrounds, 8-11 to favourites. I don't like the back against Big Davey anymore, you know. But it's And they've, they've done well. Has he threatened you? No, he hasn't. I think he still loves me. But I think <laughs> Ballymena have been poor against Glenavon. Yeah, they they've shipped a lot of goals Six against one them. 6-1 and 4-0. Yep, and that'll be David's, you know, his sort of challenge to his players can we go and get something against Glen Avon they've, they've turned us over twice already so I don't think it'll be I don't think Glen Avon will get it all their own way but I do fancy Glen Avon in that one and Glen Torren you're Glen Torren five to four away to Dungannon who are nine to five yeah. it's not a bad price for the Glens it's a good price for Glen Torren and they'll be on a high but. after they'll but. be on a high after <laughs> Boxing Day but these are the games that have let them they've let themselves down in but I'm hoping that it, it goes the other way. I'm hoping the Boxing Day result gives Glen Torn a real confidence, a real belief to go and win that game, and I think they'll win that one. And Warren Point, 7-5 to five against Ards, 6-4. to four. It's not a bad price for Ards, is it, 6-4? to four. But Warren Point are there, they're bounce, aren't they? Warren Point at home, you know, they're, they're capable of scoring goals. Yeah. Jack, they're, they're, you know, amongst those bottom teams are the highest scoring team, but the problem is they're conceding too many goals. So that's been their Achilles heel. I think that game will be a draw. Um, I think Ards will go there. They're on a high at this moment in time. Warren Point will fancy themselves, but I think that game could be a draw. Mm. Maybe Warren Point. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, New Year's fixtures. Uh, I'll just run through these. We don't have uh, prices. Uh, the, our odds are supplied by McLean, but it's too far ahead of the game to get the prices for these games. Coleraine Linfield, that's a big game. Ballamallard Crusaders, Ards Glenavon, Cliftonville Ballamina, Glen Torren Warren Point, and Carrick against Dungannon. So no doubt Coleraine Linfield is the match of the day. When is that game, by the way? On Monday or Tuesday? It's on the Monday. On the Monday. Right. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thanks Jackie. for coming in. Same to you. Thank you. And I wish you all the best. And uh, we wish all of you everything that uh, you would wish for the new year, 2018. Uh, the years roll on. Dear, dear, I'd be, I'd be 49 next year. <laughs> Where does it go? Where does the time go? From him, him, and him, have a good one. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.